Hello and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, Explosion of X Hub of all things Marvel. A place to talk about everything MCU and beyond, from Avengers and Defenders to Arno Stark and Riri Williams. My name's Ashley Hubbley, joining me today, Ultimate Kieran Marchant. Hi everyone, how, how are we today? Doing pretty well, and also joining us, the astonishing Dumb Blight. Very happy to be here to talk about an underrated Marvel movie. Ooh spoilers uh so this episode we're going to be talking about the last iron man movie iron man 3 got a lot of apologies to make nothing's been the same since new york you experience things and then they're over i can't sleep and when I do, I have nightmares. Honestly, there's a hundred people who want to kill me. I hope I can protect the one thing I can't live without. Ladies. Children. Sheep. Some people call me a terrorist. I consider myself a teacher. number one heroes there is no such thing released in 2013 directed by shane black with the screenplay by shane black and drew pierce uh based on iron man by stanley don heck larry lever and jack kirby starring robert downey jr gwyneth paltrow don Cheadle, guy pierce rebecca hall stephanie sostak james badgedale john favreau and ben kingsley when Tony Stark's world is torn apart by a formidable terrorist called the Mandarin, he starts an odyssey of rebuilding and retribution. Uh, Kieran, you haven't played your hand yet. What? How? how what are your feelings on Iron Man Three? Well, Iron Man Three, I've realised I don't think I've watched this in years. Like, I don't think I've, and it's kind of weird thinking that this is the last actual Iron Man movie considering that's 2013 and, you know, the MCU with Tony Stark ran all the way through to 2019-2020. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I feel a lot better this time go around about the Mandarin stuff. Um, I really appreciated his little, I guess you call them vignettes, or his sections of where he is playing the character of the Mandarin. Like, I, I appreciated that a lot more this time. Um I think Tony Stark in this is very interesting because I think it's a very good portrayal of anxiety, but also at the same time, I feel like it's also kind of very bad in many ways as well. But I, I'd like to know, like I'd like to talk about it a little bit more with both of you. But um, it's interesting at tackling the mental health issue, showing the after effects of the attack on New York um, and his kind of the events that were centered on him. But it, it, overall it's a really good movie um i have a, i guess i love this movie a little bit more because for me as a like growing up with iron man there is something about iron man having all of these different suits with different designs and different purposes that for me i just love i love the different designs i love the aesthetic i love the different purposes and different kind of unique abilities of each suit so to have that in this movie was good but at the same time for some reason i thought the extra suits were in this movie a lot more than they were um, than just kind of showing up all of a sudden in the last section. I thought they were more integrated throughout. So, um, no. very much the case, but still very good. Okay. 
Uh, Dylan, you say it's underrated. Why? Um, I think, like, so I think everyone shits on this movie because when it came out, the, the internet bubble about this movie was, oh, it did the Mandarin wrong, so it's shit. Um, at least that's what I remember being the general consensus. Like, everyone, I remember when it came out, everyone hating the the reveal. Like, oh, he wasn't really the Mandarin and ruined the movie, blah, 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 blah. And I'll even admit that I think I brought into that a little bit because that was what everyone was around me was saying at the time when the movie was coming out. And I was like, oh, you know, you hear something enough times, you start... I, I definitely wasn't as my own person now where I'll, I'll, you know, I feel like, you know, I own my own thoughts or whatever now. But, uh, re, re-watching it, it just stands, stands out to me even more. Just I think this is a really solid... Um, Tony Stark movie more than an, an Iron Man movie, and I think maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. Because when when you actually watch the movie, there's barely any Iron Man in it, and maybe that's why some people don't like it. Like there's, I think so, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Maybe there's a little bit start. You got the the part of the end or whatever, but I, especially on this rewatch, having been a long time since I watched it, I really kind of loved how much of a Tony Stark story this was. Uh, again, especially looking at like where his journey takes him and all that sort of thing in retrospect. I think this is a very, like, if not one of the most important uh, stepping stones in the MCU version of Tony Stark. Like, this is an important moment for his character, and I, I enjoyed seeing him out of the suit so much. Like, because Iron Man 2 was a lot of Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like, that movie's just a lot of suit Iron Man. Iron Man 1 was a little, obviously less because the first half of the movie is making the suit so this one's back down to bones um i think it has a cool villain um i don't like i i think uh that and by villain obviously i mean um guy pierce one of the characters uh, killian uh, aldrich aldrich uh, yeah can I, just, I think that's a, i think he does it like his his he, he's a fine film like he's not a like super exciting but i also think in most mc if you MCU movies, I find the villains to be pretty average or pretty shit, and I think his uh, reasoning for what he wants to do and why he doesn't and everything um, adds up and makes sense, and it's more of a humane uh, Is it? Do you think it's a story? little weird that there is very minimal interaction between him and Tony until, like, the last third of the movie? Like, not even no, the last it third. makes it's sense like that very because it's not till the last third that it realises he's the bad guy but even like the start with the sections with pepper and stuff like there's just very little kind of talking between the two characters without him realizing that it is it's just interesting but uh, that's something i love pepper in this movie this is her best this is gwen of paltrow's best pepper movie imo i don't sort of agree but also there's one point that i don't understand from pepper that maybe you guys can shine a lot of because after there's the bit after tony has his panic attack in bed and she, like, and, like, the suit, Sammy attacks her, and then she- Well, it goes to kill her. Let's be real. Yeah, I would not her, want to her- sleep in the same bed as someone who almost tried to kill me in their sleep. But, like- That might just be me, though. I'm weird like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, it's just, for me, it's just, like, the- I don't know, I guess for Tony, it's just a little rougher, as well. I mean, th- that's- I think that's- you know, it's very it's very easy to be like, oh, obviously Tony, like, had the panic attack and like she should have stayed with him or whatever. But she did just nearly have a robot kill her, and that's on top of everything else that their relationship had been going for at that point. Yeah. 
And it's one of those things from the outset, it's always very easy to look in and go like, well, she did the wrong thing there because she's supposed to be a loving wife figure or whatever the fuck girlfriend. She should have stayed with Remember, him. This is not long after uh, Tony pretended to be yeah, in pretended the Iron to Man be, suit with her. Was yeah, that's what I'm garage, saying. Like, yeah. there's their, their, their relationship at this point is like rather tumultuous. Uh, yeah. So it's 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 on the rock. So it's fit. It's fitting. Um, it, ma- it makes sense. Now, I I just think it's her best outing because I like you get to see more of her as the CEO. Um, and then you get to see her more like kick ass and be resilient and smart and I know. Like I I definitely felt like it. obviously after this, where the fuck does she go? Nowhere. So. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. I've I like this probably more than I remember. I feel like yeah, like you said, the Mandarin thing. The very little of the Iron Man suits, uh, and I feel like the fact that the ending kind of gets ruined a little bit by the Avengers Ultron. Which, I was gonna, uh, well, I was gonna say, like, do you want to break up Ultron plus also the retconning of the Mandarin at some stage? <laughs> like, because obviously, I don't think yeah, it that's ruins this be movie, but, yeah. yeah, but that is a thing. The rewriting, yeah. So, yeah, yeah obviously, what do you? Obviously, in Ultron, I'm in the, at the end of this movie, he says he's not Iron Man anymore, or he stops being Iron Man, destroys all these suits. Cut to Age of Ultron, I think probably a year later, Iron Man's back to doing everything. Tony Stark making more robots. Never stopped, really. Uh, kind of undercuts the ending. I, I'll have the, I, obviously, we haven't watched Age of Ultron yet, but um, I'll have to rewatch and see how I feel about it. But I remember thinking at the time, it didn't, it didn't, wasn't, it didn't not make sense because Tony in this film is already starting to, to fear the fear what was coming, yeah. fear what he'd seen. He starts talking about it. So to imagine a world where he does have a month or two of reprise and then he can't help but still start thinking about like like he's not having panic attacks anymore, but he's still focused on this potential alien invasion and then yeah. he gets back to work. Like I, I think it fits the the character no, to a degree. Fits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this time around, I probably, I think I remembered that there wasn't as much Iron Man, so that wasn't as much of a shock, and I kind of enjoyed those segments of Tony Stark actually being the hero rather than- I love the whole town more than just him the, and that kid. Him and that yeah. kid is great. Yeah, they have good banter. It's like a precursor to human Peter, to a certain degree. Um, yeah, I just liked it better this time. Uh, so I guess, how do we all feel about the- Obviously, Tony dealing with the anxiety uh, of the Avengers. Uh, it's something like it's we P- really it's haven't PTSD, seen. He's got PTSD, really. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I feel like they, he handled it reasonably well, Shane Black. First uh, first big project for Shane Black. Um, I, I he's, worked like, with Tony, he's worked with Rob Downey Jr. prior to this, though. So. Yeah, it was, was only- was Kissy Bang Bang before Iron Man or post? Yeah, Iron Man? I it was. I think it was before. Yeah, I was like, br- so, like, so it was like one of the things that put him back in the good graces of people. So it's understandable why he brought him on. Um, but yeah, I thought it was handled pretty well, and like it explains his drive to constantly be building all these Iron Man suits. I mean, like he said, he got up to what it was Mark Eight in I- Avengers. And he's up to Mark mm-hmm. Forty Five in this film. Yeah, it's like that's a lot after. of suits. Isn't it that's 42? A lot of suits. I think it's 42. <laughs> Could be. Uh, Either way, it's like 30-something more suits. It's so. like a lot, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I think the PTSD elements is obviously one of the things that makes this movie stand out and makes it probably like even more like there's no other Marvel movie that probably or even attempts to deal with uh, a real world aspect as someone dealing with PTSD. And although Tony's like PTSD is brought on by going for a black hole and seeing an alien invasion. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like the way that this film deals with it is very real. Like given the the circumstances in which it was uh, created, and I, I I think although it, I, I like that at the end of the oh, I don't know there's like a plus and, and a minus. You could take the the ending as oh, and suddenly he was cured, or like he's like or just imagine that it was still something that's. Obviously, he, he, he still has to deal with, and that leads him to Age of Ultron to a degree, blah, 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 blah. But I'm kind of glad that the movie didn't do some big happy bow, like, oh, I've discovered, I've, I've made myself a new pill that magically deletes PTSD, you know, some fucking bullshit like that or something. But no, I think it's one of the standard elements of the movie. I think they do it quite well. Okay. Um, I think it's good overall. I think there's one moment that I feel is a little cartoony, um, in terms of his kind of reaction to it is when uh, he's with the kid at like the memorial site of the explosion in the little town and he's like, um, why are you doing it? You're making me do it. And then he kind of like runs off a little bit and it was just kind of a little bit over the top. You but, reckon? Because uh, I think that's I think that's just, that's Tony dealing with it. That's how Tony Stark... That's how like Tony's the, dealing with it? I don't know. It's just very... That's the way he talks, you know what I mean? Like, that's the way Tony Stark is. He was doing it, and then he just kind of snapped and was good again. Like, I don't know. It was just very. It was just a little bit off, I think, for me. And just that one moment, I think the rest of it's fine. Like, the rest of it's really good. Um, Because, of course, somebody would be, you know. When we make the. If you make the comparison of, you know. um, Iron Man is just a dude in a suit. Like, he's just a rich guy, a very smart and rich guy in a suit. In, like, his suit of iron. Like, he is just a human after all. So it's not like he's got special powers um, or anything propping him up in this world. So it would be a time of it kind of rushing. And that's why we talked about last week in the Avengers episode about how he isn't in shock or, like, he isn't doesn't react the same way the very end of Avengers. But I'm like, but it, I think that's because he's just not out of shock yet. I don't think he's just fully processed what's happened yet and, and kind of this is the reaction to that all happening um mm. overall yeah i definitely feel like they explored it as best as they possibly can within the <laughs> within a marvel movie so yeah uh how do we feel about the villains in this film obviously we got otters killian uh we got the whole the interesting flashback to the year 1999 before new year's eve uh kind of setting everything up and kind of exploring flashing back to dickhead Tony Stark, uh, you know. <laughs> it's nice Stark. seeing that moment with Jensen as well, with him um, kind of being there, and that was the the moment he'd referenced previously in Iron Man One. Yes, that um, was a nice callback. We get uh, John Favreau with Pulp Fiction hair. That that's what he was going for, right? <laughs> sure, <laughs> totally. Yes, yeah. trying to be John Travolta. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it kind of set him being a dick. Kind of sets everything kind of in motion. Of him, uh, a recurring theme of his past mistakes coming back to haunt him. Uh, yes, how you guys which feel carries, about? carries through for the, more than once. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, I, th- I think Killian's a perfectly okay villain. Like, really, the main villain in the movie is Tony's P- T- PTSD and him overcoming that, or uh, well, to a degree of like 
overcoming that and uh, those challenges. I feel like that's actually the main villain when you, mm. when you watch the, the movie through that sort of lens. Uh, Killian, though, is a, is a fine villain who you can actually understand his motives and why he's doing what he does. And to a degree, you could kind of side with him until he starts going super bad guy. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's got that, that villain, the bad guy side where you can, like, oh, I can see how you were wronged. But then you see what he's doing, and you're like, yeah, but don't do that like i could have <laughs> yeah like i could have felt bad for you for a moment um yeah but i mean like he's not like super convoluted trying to take over the world no you know like no too nonsense nonsensical but yeah, yeah. care um no i think i think he's okay like i think he's it's interesting like he's he's the extent of his extremist powers at the end is a little weird where he starts like breathing fire and stuff um but i just feel like there's there's a little bit there was a little bit where the i guess for me the plan with him sending the iron patriot suit to the airplane to go get the president and bring him back part of me kind of wishes that part had happened off screen and was just there and you just kind of cool i just feel like that extended the movie a little bit too much but overall i think killian is a serviceable bad guy yeah, definitely. I feel like he's fine. Like he doesn't. It. 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 Guy Pierce, obviously great, good actor. Uh, you know, he's got enough charm and stuff to uh, seduce you at first. In probably that first scene with uh, Pepper, um, where you think maybe maybe he's not the bad guy, but quickly you realize he's the bad guy. Uh, if you didn't know anything about Marvel comics, I think you may have been fooled. Event like to begin off with, uh, but yeah. Uh, the he was fine. I feel like the boss battle at the end is kind of like meh. Um, That's typical MCU like, bullshit. No, like I, I like I enjoy the multiple suits flying around and just them jumping between suits and that kind of stuff. I think that's a cool action sequence uh, and different to what we've seen before. But the final fight between Tony, I love the good old like it's the classic. Oh, you think you defeated him? No, you haven't. This is the same fight that happened in Iron Man 1 where you thought you defeated uh, freaking Jeb- Jebediah? No. Yeah. I can't remember that guy. Jebediah State, that's it. When you thought you defeated him and then all of a sudden you hadn't. Ha ha ha. Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's just yeah. a little bit repetitive. I enjoy Pepper beating the shit out of him, though. Yeah. Hmm? I love yeah, it. At least, how that's at least, the, the fake out. Yeah, at dying. least it wasn't. At least it wasn't like uh, second phase. Oh, Tony goes again. It was second stage. Oh, she's alive and she beats the shit out of it. Yeah, but then I do love it how like her. She just straight up just, murdered him as well. Like yeah, straight up murders him. But then her extremist is just like he. Tony just fixes it, and then it's never mentioned again throughout the entire yeah. MCU. Does when she says he stabilized it? Did he just stabilize it? And she's got the powers. I don't know. No, she doesn't. Well, no, because she doesn't. Need, she doesn't use it in the Infinity War no. fight. She uses I, an Iron I, Man d- suit. I well, that's feel because like... she's wearing the suit. I mean, she could if she was out of the suit, she could use the powers potentially. I definitely feel like that was a loss. All I'm saying is, if she her arm got cut off, there's a good chance it would grow back. I feel like they could have used her, her having the extremist uh, stuff put in her a lot better in in the future entries than they. No, I feel like people would have forgotten. That's why. I, don't, I feel like he didn't come back till homecoming. No, right? that's that. No, that's that's. So that was her next appearance. That, saying people would forget that she had it, and then saying that when Winter Soldier shows up, people are supposed to remember who the fuck Bucky Barnes were. They're about the same degree. 
No. If you want to, if you no. want to compare it to, if you want to compare no, it to Bucky comic Barnes. book readers, that's one thing. But I'm talking about people who are just watching these movies because I remember when I watched Winter Soldier with my parents, they were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's the guy from Captain America." And they're like, "I don't remember," because they don't rewatch these goddamn movies. I feel like they probably yeah. would have remembered Gwyneth Paltrow having powers more because Gwyneth Paltrow is a known face actor and, like, my mum likes her and all this stuff. They would- but like I said, the seven, it's like six, seven years between... It's only, like, two yeah, years Yeah, but they, could, they could have done it... But I'm saying, like, in another world where they did another movie or something before yeah. all of that. Like, I'm not just saying that keep it dormant until fucking seven years there's, later. There's still time. Yeah, she's still going around. She's still running Stark Industries. You would assume. Look, it, no, it's just, just gonna. It's just gonna be passed on to their kid. Wait, the kid's is, just is, is Stark industry is Stark Industries a thing still? Yeah, I think yeah. so. She's running it, right? Did they sell it? But then, like, went into raising Morgan. Do you reckon in the answer? Uh, I don't know. They in don't the, really have explained whatever time period we're calling yeah. it. I think the new timeline. They must do. No, no, no. They sold. must do because uh, Happy has like the access to the jet and everything in hmm. Far From Home. That's true. Alright. Yeah. So in that timeline they're good. Uh bring up a couple of other little things. How do we feel about Rebecca Hall in this film? Uh I feel like she's very undercooked. I for- yeah. I forgot she was a bad guy. <laughs> Same. Like I, I forgot I thought she just died in the section where she came and saw Sony. At, like before the house got blown up, I just thought she died then, and then when she didn't, and she was with Pepper, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, all right, yeah, that's that's not." Oh, she's not a bad guy. She just works with bad guys. <laughs> she yeah. was good. She at just the wanted. End. She just wanted to fix the solution. In the, the in the, their final moment, she was a uh, a good guy. Uh, no, she's yeah. she's fine. She's I like I like her as an actress, but in this movie, yeah. she's not very utilized. Well, so no. Uh, and then I guess the Mandarin. How do we feel about the portrayal of the Mandarin? I feel like it was a smart decision that was obviously going to anger a lot of people. Uh, Good old Trevor. But obviously, in the short film *House of the King*, it's rewritten again <laughs> that there actually is a proper Mandarin that yeah, uh, so they've been stolen the name for. Really, the Mandarin is not in this movie. Like that's no, the. No. Yeah, the plant of it. I do enjoy Ben Kingsley's portrayal of the Mandarin when he is playing that character. I do actually really like his monologues and his um, cadence and his speech and everything. And the contrast between that voice and his Trevor voice is fantastic. Um, It makes me laugh every time he uh, starts chanting the the football chant while watching the football while talking to uh, Tony and... It's hard not to love him when he's a Liverpool supporter. Uh, (laughs) Um, Uh, well obviously they got so for people who aren't keeping up other than the short film where they switched it shang li and the whatever seven rings shang chi and the ten rings the legend of the ten rings uh tony lung is going to be playing the mandarin as far as we confirmed is it that's That's not confirmed well that's just uh, the hot rumor that is a hot rumor yeah, they just haven't officially uh, confirmed. Like he's cast, but I don't think they've said who's playing who, right? I think that's well, that's what it says on Wikipedia. So I'm trying okay. to see if they've got the source. Yeah, they've got none. It's explosionnetwork.com. Um so <laughs> um No, hang on, no. here's it. Uh dressed 
Director Destin Daniel T- Cretton stated that he wanted to change the problematic aspects of the Mandarin, saying, Leung brings a humanity that we needed for that character. We're not looking to contribute anymore to the Asian stereotypes that we've seen both in cinema and pop culture. He's yeah, an incredible so- actor and he's excited to help us break some of those stereotypes. So yeah, this is, I'm this pretty is something- sure he is. This is something that I, I don't think I said on the podcast, but we've said previously discussing this, maybe. But if the, if they had actually had Ben Kingsley pr- portray the Mandarin, that ev- the version that everyone thought they wanted, and and by by that I do mean because like when everyone was angry on the internet, like I th- I swear that half of those people who were angry probably had never even read any comic with the Mandarin in it. Like, it was just one of those, like, pylon, nerd culture... For me, bullshitty. it was very much the childhood nostalgia of the Mandarin in the cartoons. For me, is my... Which character. is a very Asian sp- stereotypical... Yeah, which was, which well. I had not ever thought of until, no, you know... but, like, that's my whole point. Time. Everyone's like, oh, the Mandarin wasn't done right, but if they did it the way everyone wanted, it would just be a super, super stereotypical racist portrayal... Um, and not interesting and wouldn't have held up at all and would have been looked back upon with uh, a lot of evil daggers. So it kind of worked out well, like t- the fact that they, they did Iron Man 3 the way they did. I even think the bait and switch works quite well. Like they can have it be like, well, um, you know, like Adrian Killian uh, had heard of the, the Mandarin and like just took yep. this fairy tale of this like big leader somewhere and like turned it into a character. Like It all fits, you know what I mean? Like it all yeah. works. For, for, for the franchise going forward. And, like yeah. the and now they can do a better portrayal. Other than the picture in the um, videos, like the Ten Rings aren't even mentioned or anything to focus on or anything. It's just literally just the no. Mandarin. Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, do you reckon we see Ben Kingsley? No. It, no. Like Never him yet. being wouldn't, murdered? No. Wouldn't, make, wouldn't like, make sense. No. I don't... Maybe like a short at the start. Like, no, nah, I think the people will just no. leave it and not try not to confuse people and just yeah, I, like, if you know, also, you know, if you don't know, you probably don't care. Yeah. Cause also, as to my point before, where you're always assuming, you know, you're, you're always assuming the audience is super in the know, nerdy, geeky, whatever type people. But again, for or people like my parents, which, you know, people who just watch movies, you don't keep, watch these things every fucking do rewatches, listen to podcasts like this. If they, if they come out with that Ten Rings movie and they're like, this guy's a Mandarin, he's a bad guy, I can guarantee they will never once go, but wasn't that guy in Iron Man 3? They're not going to even remember. So that's the better Yes. Yeah, so you shoot it in a way that makes it uh, make sense for both people. Like, you just have him come in and kill Ben Kingsley. That's it. And you're like, the oh, whole- that's a guy who killed, he just killed that dude. That's it. They pretty much imply that it, in the it short It won't film, have right? any... Yeah. In the short film, it's basically it show it, though. I think yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, I think, think it'll get a bigger pot for obviously long time. I, I, I think opening the movie that way would kind of be like like it's a new movie with a bunch of new characters, new heroes. Like you know, I don't need Ben Kingsley at the start. Or do we have that as a teaser at one of the ends? Other just put it out as a Look fucking at the end trailer, like a just put the, it, one of the credit things. Yeah, that could be a thing for one of the other movies, Eternals like Widow, or something, yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah, Black Widow or something. Yeah, that that would be fine. I just don't need it to open the movie. All right. Uh, so no building the MCU this week. Surprisingly, there are no new characters wow. who who move on. I will say, interesting. Iron Patriot becomes a thing of this movie, and then never goes again. It goes Machine. back to War Machine. Yeah, makes sense. We it all know it's name. because War Machine rocks. War Machine rocks. All caps. Iron Patriot is Two a X's. shit name. 
I mean, technically, the only person, I guess, is Tyler Simpkins. Uh, Harvey, what's, his, what's the kid's name? Yeah, I was about to, yeah, the kid, I guess, yeah. He just reappears randomly in Infinity, in Endgame, and everybody yeah. was like... Harley Keener. Who was... Everybody was who's like, that who's dude? that? Who's that guy? I love that funeral? detail, though. That's a, it's a very good re- detail. Very good detail. But yeah. Uh, he, he technically is the only one introduced this movie. Uh, so let's talk... Uh, Stan Lee sighting! We see Stan Lee portraying a beauty pageant judge... Uh, who p- appears on a television monitor and happily gives one of the contestants a 10 out of 10. Very, very happily. Interesting reading this. Apparently, uh, Stanley apologized for this performance uh, because what? apparently he was billing it up beforehand as being one of the funniest cameos oh. he had beforehand, but apparently it got cut. Oh, no. So he apologized for it not leading being as funny leading as he said it was going to oh, Yeah, leading everybody along, seeing we're going to get this awesome Stanley moment. All he is is being... Donald Trump. Can I say right. my I no. even though I only watched this like last <laughs> night, I still I can't remember the Stanley moment at all. Yeah, like I can't even picture it. Yeah, it's not great. And that's been your Stanley sighting for this week. Uh, Kieran, what's your most marvelous moment from Iron Man three? Marvelous moment would be, I it's, for me it, just because I nerded out about all the different suits. It has to be that that all the different suits leading into the final section, the final fight. Um, all the suits ranging from Igor to um, just all the different variety and capabilities and purposes I just loved like there's just different bits and pieces and it just kind of they all the suits you could stem back to Iron Man lore and just random suits in the comic book so it was really nice seeing each suit brought to life um, and gave me a little you know nerd nostalgic feel cool Dylan what's your most marvelous moment I'm just going to say the entire town sequence because I just like the time when he's with the kid. That's just uh, the entire yeah. town kid sequence. I, but uh, not only do I think they have really good back and forth, him and that kid, but I also think the fight sequence he has against the, 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 the woman who comes the in with the extremist woman. Like, I thought that was, that's a really cool action scene and, it, and because it has Tony deal with someone without the suit. Like, he has to fight someone without the suit. I thought that was kind of cool because we, we barely ever see that in the, the franchise as a whole. So not and not just taking on random Joe Schmo, you know, like someone with who was semi super powered up, and he, he takes him on with nothing but a microwave and a, uh, a piece of tin or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say the attack on Air Force One. I, I enjoyed that sequence. Uh, you know, taking out that dude, uh, and then him having to rescue all the people who have fallen out of the plane. Uh, and then did it remind you, know, you of the it, VR game? That's all I was thinking. It about did remind me of the VR game that yeah. we released this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you got a PlayStation Four with VR, you should be playing it. Uh, very similar to that sequence, I guess. But you never try to catch people. But I mean, no, but totally like, as soon as it happened, I was like, "This is what I was thinking about." I'm like, "Oh, it's like saving the people in the game." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then of course he saves everybody, and it ends on the instant capper of the uh, the suit getting smashed by a truck. And it turns out he wasn't inside the thing the entire time. Got him. <laughs> got him. Uh, yeah, so that's my most marvelous moment. Let's move into this week's comics recommendation. I recommended Iron Man Extremis. What a shocker. Uh, it ran in The Invincible Iron Man 2004. Uh, I think it's volume four off the top of my head. Uh, issues one to six. Uh, ran from January 2005 through to April 2006. Uh, written by Warren Ellis. Penciled by Eddie Gradnov. Uh, obviously heavily influencing this film introducing the extremist virus 
uh, which they play very, very differently. Uh, in the comics, Aldrich Killian, spoilers, dies in like the first issue. <laughs> Uh, shoots himself. So I mean, shoots himself in the head. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, there's only one person with the extremist virus, and they're uh, not. A, they don't blow up spontaneously like they do in this film. Uh, you know, oh, and and I feel like obviously the comic is probably more focused on improving Iron Man uh, for the potential, the future of the series, rather than being an end capper to a story. So. Uh, Dylan, you finished this this one. What'd you what you think of as a streamers? Yeah, I thought this was pretty pretty good, just solid, straightforward storyline where it's Tony. It, it lines up a lot of themes uh, similar to Iron Man Three. Like he's not dealing with PTSD, but he's definitely dealing with a, a similar degree of um, like not being able to live up to. Uh, I, I know because obviously bringing out the context of what's happened, like in the in the run prior to this, I took it as like he's dealing with not being able to live up to the. The image of Iron Man or be the Iron Man that he thinks he's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Did you get similar mm. things out? Or like, because at the start, yeah, it's, it's very much like he's a shut-in. Um, it's implying that he's he's spending a lot of time working and kinkering away. Like he can't face himself in the mirror. Like he's, you know, like sort of ashamed of himself to a degree. Like I, I took it as him not being able to live up to um, the Iron Man that he's supposed to be, or everyone believed him to be to a degree. Um, and again, that's kind of out of context for obviously the storyline that probably was playing off prior to that, I guess. Um, yeah. And then the, the, the extremist storyline is pretty simple, which I, I enjoyed how pretty like straightforward it is, where it's like, Oh, there's a strain, there's a virus. Someone's got a bad guy running around, best stop him to stop him. My man has to, you know, do some things and go deep down and do some things he may have never done before. Um, I, I like the ending. I like the way it set it up. I like the way it, like move the Iron Man law forward by the end of it. And again, reading this out of context at a time, by the time you reach that last issue, it's a bit like, oh, maybe like it, maybe that ending doesn't feel as shocking or like um, groundbreaking as maybe it was if you'd read this uh, as it was, it was actually out. releasing because maybe at the time it would have been a lot more of a shocker. But of course, I'm reading this after the entire MCU and, you know, all these other yeah. Iron Man things we've seen. So, but no, I still, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was an easy read. Yeah, I, it was a very easy read. It was much shorter than I... I, I sped through it very quickly. Uh, and uh, also, it's interesting to see the <laughs> extremist virus patient in this one who we've seen a lot in the last few years, that type of person. We have. Where, where, whereas this person, back in when this was coming out, that was probably a lot rarer, the person, like, their opinions on certain things, but uh, very common, unfortunately common now. Uh, Kieran, did you give this one a read? I did. I actually read this run um, when it originally came out. Um, <clears> so this was quite interesting to go back to and read through. Um, I really love this run for Tony Stark. I, a, I'd love the suit design in general, but this run has some interesting takes for Tony Stark with his involvement with S.H.I.E.L.D., whereas, you know, our current notification, notif- kind of knowledge of Tony is his kind of anti-S.H.I.E.L.D. and wanting to, to be his own thing, and, uh, this is very much the different, and I, I appreciate the pressure that he puts himself as. Um, I really, I do, I think Tony Stark as a character, as always, needs to carry the show, and I think he does it really well in this series, um, but also the world around him and everything to do with the extremist virus is written 
really well and really solidly that is uh, overall an interesting read. Yeah. Uh, I will say not a fan of the art. That's the only thing. I, I, maybe it's just the colouring. I feel like it's a bit off uh, for my taste anyway. Uh, but, you know, check that out either on Comixology, uh, Kindle, or uh, Marvel Unlimited. Uh, and then that's it for this episode of All New Marvel Cast. Let us know what you thought of Iron Man 3 or what you thought of Iron Man Extremis over on Twitter. You can find all our Twitters by going to explosionhealth.com slash Twitter. And our next episode of Marvel Rewatch, we'll be discussing Thor The Dark World. So make sure you watch that. Join us all next time for another All New Marvel Cast. Thank you.